like scary stories, if you like tasty beers, open up your mouth holes and open up your ears for... I, if that hasn't annoyed you to the point where you're like, yeah. I'm going to turn this off. Um, you know, happy Valentine's Day. We love these high pitched yes on our Valentine's Day. Yeah. We love happy it. Valentine's. If you are in, well, I don't even know if it's in the state of Idaho. See, there's my. If you're uh, in the state of denial. If you are in the state of denial, a, then. If you're a hoe on Valentine's Day. Boy, does the Idaho Potato Commission have something in store for oh, you. The Potato Commission? Yes. The Idaho Potato Commission has created, in honor of Valentine's Day, the uh-huh. fragrance Fritz by Idaho, which will make you smell just like a fresh plate of French fries. Happy Valentine's okay. Day. You smell like McDonald's. Yeah. Doesn't Happy that Valentine's turn you Day. on? You I'm- smell like the Miller Lite Brewery off of the 134 freeway. I'm trying to imagine somebody smelling like French fries and what I would do in that situation. You'd eat them. You would immediately just start eating them. As somebody who's not a big, like, I'm not the the, biggest French fry fan. No, the Idaho Potato Commissioner, um, he says, it's near impossible to not grab a fry and take a bite before you dive into your meal. The smell is too good to resist. You will not be able to resist Oh, you'll be irresistible. Exactly. That's sort of sweet in a weird way. They I wonder are, if they like perfumified it though. They so said it's it like, is like a perfume, but it does smell like French fries. But like French fries and like baby prostitute like mixed no, together that like Victoria's Secret smell. Like I just feel like that smells like a headache. It is distilled Idaho potatoes and essential oils. So you just smell like French fries. Um, They have sold out. If you want to know how popular people are. Uh, or how popular this product will be and how excited people are for it. Um, they were selling it for $1.89 a mm-hmm, bottle. Mm-hmm. They are completely sold out on their website, but you guys still have time to enter an Instagram contest on their uh, page and you can win a bottle. Well, oh, maybe, good. to be fair, maybe this $2 bottle of French fry fragrance, Yeah, maybe they only made 50 of them and that's why they sold out, you know? Yeah, that's they, did, they didn't, they didn't anticipate such, such a rush. A rush. Yeah, how excited people were going to get over smelling like McDonald's. Yes, you too can uh, smell like liver disease. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I, I got to be 100% honest. I think if I smelled someone who smelled exactly like French fries. You'd lick them. I know. I'd I, lick them too. N- n- I mean, maybe. It dep- May- did mm-hmm. they buy me dinner? Uh, but I... <laughs> yeah, French fries. <laughs> I, ass- I would assume they like work in some part of food service. Mm. And have just come from work and therefore are not clean. Yeah. Uh, yes. And okay. I think I wouldn't love that. Like, I don't care that you work in food service. I care that you like haven't showered since your shift. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I seem to recall friends who like worked at McDonald's and like seeing Always them after a shift like McDonald's. and they have a smell to them. And it's like that post McDonald's smell. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think I want to. No, that's not for me. That, Mc, that McDonald's afterglow you get yeah. after working the fryer for eight hours mm. for $3 an hour. 
Yeah, they they ran a, you know, they did a study. They talked to McDonald's workers, Burger King, and they're like, uh, is your partner turned on by the smell of your French fries? And I think they probably overwhelmingly were told yes. Because I think I think in my head, I equate the smell of French fries with a greasy smell. I think that that's what it is. Yes, 100%. It's the greasy. Like, if you made them smell like a beautiful roast chicken, I'd be like, "Mm, okay, (laughs) that smells good. That motherfucker's getting licked today. Yeah, then I'm I'm definitely licking them. But, like, I think a French fry, I would would feel like, yeah, greasy. Let's get ready for next uh, Valentine's Day when the Tyson Chicken Company releases roasted (laughs) roasted chicken. Ode to chicken. Ode to chicken. Yeah, that feels like a Thanksgiving spinoff of the French fry. Rotisserie chicken fragrance. Yeah, Jenny O is going to have their turkey scented perfume for Thanksgiving. They're going to call it Jenny O. Oh, I get you. Jenny O face. Speaking of Jenny O faces. Hi. Hi. I look like a turkey. Welcome to the Booze and Bruce podcast. We are the podcast where we tell each other ghost stories. We drink thematically appropriate beer. And apparently, if you smell like chicken, we will lick you. We will lick you. We'll give you a little lick. It has to be rotisserie. It's a very specific type of chicken. Yeah, fried chicken? No. Sometimes, like, depends depends on how they fry it. You're getting to the greasiness. I feel like buffalo wings, again, you're getting greasy. That's the whole argument against the That smell inside of Popeyes is not always appetizing. It's not always appetizing. Um, Yeah. But anyway, speaking of Idaho, I was so proud at my little, my cold open semi tied <laughs> into our theme this week. So um, this week, the beer uh, we are consuming is called Fireside Flannel. It's uh, also, once again, I, I got a variety pack. It's from Lift Bridge Brewing Company. It's my new Yeah, favorites. Tip Bridge. They, tip Bridge. They definitely did not sponsor this episode. Hey, they, Tip Bridge, reach out to us. Send yeah, us, send, hit us up. Send, Send them, not me. Send them some yeah. more beer, and Thanks. we'll stop calling you Tipridge. <laughs> Maybe no, we won't. no promises. Um, it is a brown ale, um, and it is very like woodsy. It's it's got on the can art. It's got a lot of pine trees. There's a little tent. It's got um, woods. People are roasting marshmallows over an open fire. It's very. It's roasty, the kind of situation toasty. where you'd probably wear a flannel by You're a fireside. Probably buy a chop down some trees, make some paper towels. Hell yeah. We were thinking quilted quicker picker upper baby. What would be a good tie? And the Pacific. We were like, what does flannel mean to you? Grunge music. Flannel means grunge music. Right. Pacific Northwest. Grunge. Pacific Northwest stories. That's right. And it's whatever that means. PNW baby. Yeah. Yeah. Hanging out in the PNWs. Woo. So yes. Um, for my wonderful Pacific Northwest, it's at or other weirdness. That's exactly what I wrote on my notebook. But I did. Yes, because I didn't want to back myself into a ghost. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because who, you know, there's a lot of weirdness in the <laughs> Pacific Northwest. So yeah. Hey, hey guys, spoiler alert. I didn't do a ghost. Of course you didn't. But spoiler oh. alert, I clearly did because I'm. The one who listens to the assignments. I write down. I I broadened the assignment so that I would be listening whilst going on a side quest. Right, right. Sure. Um, So uh, this week for my Pacific Northwest, I'm going to tell you about Fort Vancouver. Fort Vancouver. A whole fort made out of Coovers. Made out of Vancouver. And Vans. (laughs) Vans shoes. 
Yes, Coovers. And, and Coovers. Everybody whatever who works that is. in the fort has to wear Vans. Yes. It's just, that's the law. Um, so Fort Vancouver is located not in Vancouver, British Columbia. No, I was... No, no. I like was, friend I was tricked. thought. I was tricked. But instead, Vancouver, Washington, a <laughs> little, little further south, um, and it was a 19th century fur trading post that served as the headquarters for the Hudson Bay Company's Columbia Department. You got okay, it. Columbia okay. Department. Yes, that soon became British Columbia. You can see the tie there. God. So area. So um, not the cold weather active wear. Yes, yes. Everybody, again, vans and had to wear Columbia jackets mm -hmm. and hats and all the uh, And furry hats, cooters. Yes. That's, yes. What a, that's, that's what a coover is. It's a fur hat. It's a fur. <laughs> yes, the coover fur hat. Um, and for you geography nerds who are wondering, where is Vancouver, Washington? Is it close to Vancouver, British Columbia? Oh, no. I was wondering that. It's not. What? Um, Vancouver, Washington is like 10 miles from Portland. So it's at the bottom of Washington oh. State. Oh, it's way Oregon. down at the bottom. So it's almost Oregon. It's very much almost Oregon. Hmm. Okay. okay. And there you have it. Um, so around the time of the War of 1812, if you may come back into time with me. I feel transported. It's we're the War of 1812. Um, the oh, area, man, if there's one thing I love, it's this old timey shit. Oh, uh, man, I'm so they, glad it's 1812 that, and we're warring. Now, yeah, it's 1812. I've got a horse. And okay. I, I, I have time traveled. You have, yes. There you go. It. The hat you're wearing has now been transformed into a Coover hat. Into now a now hat. you're Everybody a Coover. You should go put, take your slippies off, put your vans I'm really on. Trying, I'm trying to create an immersive experience for the listener. <laughs> an um, immersive visual audio based experience. Yes. Yeah. Use your imagination. Bob is an artist. He can paint clip, you a clop, picture clip, with his clop, words. Clip. Oh, that's my horse I'm on. <laughs> Who's wearing vans? My, which is my horse. Oh, wait. Let's go. <laughs> Russell, 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 I'm adjusting my Coover hat. <laughs> That's the one. So around the time of the War of 1812, the area where the future fort sat was home to rival fur trading companies. Um, oh, John fur mafia. No, it, they they coexisted peacefully. Um, there was John Jacob Astor's Pacific Fur Company, PFC for short. Okay. And the Canadian Northwest Company, NWC for short. Okay. And they were fine. They were like, there are enough beavers for us all there to do are a murder. There plenty of beavers to fully, you know, There's enough beaver words. murder to Until go they around. migrated, precipitating the beaver wars. <laughs> That's actually what precipitated the War of 1812. The beaver, beaver wars? The, the beaver, beaver wars. wars. Okay. Nice. Nice. I think it was called the beaver battles, right? I mean, if we're going to go with an alliteration, it should be the beaver battles. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like I said, while rivals, they mostly let the other be. However, with the war um, starting and England um, was, was coming toward the United States from the West Coast, and the United States really didn't have any defenses in that area because it was still a fairly new territory for this Yeah, yeah, we had just country. stolen it from the brown people, yeah. Right, but we hadn't, like, officially stolen it. You know what I mean? Like, it was kind of part of this country but not really part of this country we manifest destiny that shit we did we yeah. we, we we literally did we westward did. hoed that shit but anyway so with the british coming no american defenses in the area john jacob astor had to make the very difficult decision of do i stay here and possibly lose everything to the british who just come and take it or can You're i take turn, all my dead beavers or can i take turn some sort of profit and he should i stay or should i go now yeah. Yes. Yeah, I got and it. he ended up going. So he oh. liquidated all of his assets, 
Oh, he um, cut and run. He did. He cut his losses, liquidated all of his assets to NWC and was like, I'm going to go back to the other side of America. His warehouse full of beavers turned to liquid. Terrible. Gross. He Gross. just juiced them. Beaver mm. juice. And, and then he just, and that, that's when he discovered that asshole gland that they have. Yeah, and I was like, and like now it, it, all, it all tastes like raspberries. <laughs> yep. And, and thus created the vanilla yeah. perfume. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your Starbucks pink drink, guys. It's beef yep. butts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In 1821, the British government forced the NWC to merge with the larger Hudson Bay Company, which I'm going to call HBC from now on. Okay. Um, and Sir George Simpson decided a more suitable headquarters was needed. So Fort Vancouver was built. Great. Okay. Um, the nice. fort was described as being 250 yards long, 150 yards broad. Uh, it was enclosed by a, quote, sort of wooden wall made of pickets. Sort of. A, it's sort of wooden. Sort of wooden. Sort of wooden. <laughs> sort of. It's um, sort of. Made of pickets or large... Um, Oh, God. Can't read my handwriting. A, Beams. That's what that word is. I kept saying booms. I'm like, Mm-mm. not sort not of wood. Large, this isn't wood. It's submarine sandwiches. That's like wood. <laughs> it's like wood. Some of the fences pickets. Some of the fences apparently boobs. Boobs and uh, meatball subs. Delicious. Yep. Um, so would they, visit this fort. 10 out of 10. We'll come visit. <laughs> yes. Yes. Would visit again. Um, Five so stars. Large beams firmly fixed in the ground. 20 feet high. And secured um, on the inside by buttresses. Okay. Oh, oh my God! Boobs and butts. Boobs and butts. This is and sandwiches a fort for boobs, the people. butts, battlecircle. <laughs> there were bastions in each corner of the fort. Oh, boobs, butts, and bastions. This is a be alliteration heavy story today, for especially to be the site of the beaver battle. <laughs> exactly. Um, and the area within the walls was divided into two courts and had about 40 buildings total on the inside. So it was like a little self-contained city. Yeah, that's um, a lot of buildings. The buildings included a school, a warehouse, housing um, for the workers, a library, pharmacy, chapel, and blacksmith. It really was a little self-contained uh, little village. Joke's on you. It was all beaver-sized. Ha <laughs> ha. Well, that's the inhabitants were beavers. Yeah. So they were yeah. schools for beavers. Beaver town. Mm-hmm. Beaver Dam, yeah, if you will. I got it. Um, the land just outside the walls had fields, gardens, a distillery, a sawmill, and a dairy. So again, they could self-sustain. Like they didn't have to worry about any shipments or things like that because George yeah, the- Simpson saw he was like, we could be easily fucked if there was any sort of issue with the um, transport of goods. Yeah, supply chains issues. We, we know what those are like. We are not listening to that now in modern day, but in older times, this guy was like, yeah. supply chain. They could had be to an make issue. sure there were cows for those beavers to milk. <laughs> exactly. Suckle, suckle, suckle. Yeah, you don't want to see a beaver milk a cow. It's, mm. it's gross. It's 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 pornographic. <laughs> I mean, it's better than a cow milking a beaver. Yeah, I suppose. I mean. Well, <laughs> well, okay. Melissa immediately did jack off hands. What was that? That they're milking that cow. She mm. was like, "Well, well jack off, jack hands. off hands." <laughs> That's just how it is. <laughs> Don't you milk people? Well, well, jack, jack off hands. hands. <laughs> um. Business was booming too. Uh, fur trappers out west would bring pelts collected in the winter in exchange for company credit that they could use toward, you know, any goods or services or anything like that that they needed in town before they fucked off again and killed more beavers. Um, oh, okay. The furs, oh, okay. 
Yeah. And then the furs would be sent to London, where the gentlemen of that era were super big on beaver felted top hats. Yeah. Couvers. Couvers. They were soups big into couvers back in the day. Oh, God. I think it's funny that we were like warring with the British. We were like, but we'll sell you dead beaver carcasses. Yeah, it's weird. So the war at this point is over. But from what I've learned, and I didn't do too much digging on any Wikipedia links because history is very complicated. After the war ended, um, that area which Oregon sits in now, like that Oregon territory, was still disputed. Like we just went, we're going to stop fighting with each other. But we're also not going to quite figure out who's got what. So the British were living in the Oregon Territory. The Canadians were, and so were the Americans. But they all lived peacefully enough so that way, like, nobody's businesses would get fucked and, like, people wouldn't got die it. or anything like and that. And the nice. indigenous people just, like, standing on a hill nearby being like, look at all these what? fucking whiteies. These goddamn white people. They're all arguing who owns that fucking land. We were here first. We were here first, and nobody owns that land. The no. land owns that land, and they're they trying to explain that They think they own whatever land they land on. Yeah, they're just shaking their head, dumb. And they're out there just going, "You can't own this. You can't own. You can't this. own you this, can't. idiots. Dumb Europeans." And it turns out they were right. They were always right. Yeah. Um. The people also, they're like beaver serial killers. <laughs> I'm sure they're concerned yeah, by the amount here. of dead beavers they see coming their way. These are idiots are out here killing all these beavers. Thinking you can own land, these white people. Like these, these stupid fucking white people. They love owning rocks and apparently hate beavers. Beavers. <laughs> you could spend hours, you know, trying to study yeah. these white people, and we're just never going to know. Um, but the people who worked at the fort were a mix of um a bunch of different white people. So they had it was the largest non-indigenous a mix of white people and white more people. white people. Well, not always. Um, it was the largest non-indigenous community in the area at that time. Um, okay. But they were made up of a mix of French Canadians, um, general UK, uh, European, British, Scottish, Irish folk. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There were a few indigenous peoples there from like the Cree. Um, and also, and this one shocked me. And I was like, how did they, why did they? Native Hawaiians. Sure. Oh, well, I mean, well, I guess it's, it's sure. on the West Coast. It's a bit far, though. Yeah, but I could see that, like, if for some reason they made the journey and then they were like, we ain't fucking going back. I think that was long. I mean, but then you have Hawaii. But they should have gone back because, like, if you're used to Hawaii and then you land in the Pacific Northwest, you're like, it's fucking rainy and cold cold and snowy. Like, what is this shit? Also, there are snakes. There's no snakes in Hawaii. Yeah, what the fuck is this? There's no snakes where I'm from. What the fuck is that thing? It's a snake free island. It's a danger rope. Yeah. So anyway. Those were the people who were employed at the fort. Um, The Great Migration of 1843 saw about a thousand Americans come through the fort area. And that was usually Fort Vancouver was usually their last stop to pick up supplies and goods before they would like go off and make their homesteads. Okay, so they weren't going like they weren't like continuing on their path. They were like, this is the end. Yeah. Now we're going to build a house. Exactly. Well, because if you went any further, you'd run into the ocean. The ocean. Yeah. And there, at that point, I mean, unless you want to build an island in the middle of it, you're kind of, this is your last I mean, stop. you could keep going to Hawaii, take some of those natives back with you. Yeah. They'll know where to go. They'll be like, oh, we yeah. came from over here. Um, But the, in 1846, the Oregon Treaty finally established the U.S. Canadian border Okay. Um, like 30 years after the war actually ended. 
Um, and and they just, were like, oh shit, oh, the French Canadians are like, oh shit, that's far from here. Yeah, so it was established <laughs> along the 49th parallel, which we know today as being Washington State. So as you know, the fort is now squarely in America. Not even yeah. like close to Canada, pretty much in America. Um, but to America's credit, we didn't tell them to fuck off. We did not tell the HBC to fuck off. They're like, hey, you can still work here, man. You can still have your business here. It's going to be a lot harder for you to get supplies and shit but you can still work here yeah i'm like not gonna kick you out but we're not gonna make it easy for you um and also in 1849 the united states army built barracks including 21 homes for military officers um which included the grant house named after ulysses s grant future president of the united states who was a captain uh stationed in these barracks next to fort vancouver but he never actually lived in the house that was named after him oh very great cool awesome love it um so in 1860 the army took over the fort as well after the hbc company moved out they realized we probably should go into a country where it's easier for us to do business so they yeah we're we're gonna go murder canadian beavers yes so they went north uh, and they established a new fort in actual british columbia um and so now there's this whole giant open fort which the u.s army commandeered we're like cool we're gonna take this they're like awesome free fort yeah free fort i love it um they did that in 1866 like a bunch of it burned down but you know the army was still like yeah we're gonna live here um and they had that as like a fort that they operated out of um until about 1948 when it became a national monument um which i think is hilarious because it's a national monument built by other people yeah Thank you, Canada. People of a different nation. Yes. Hey, thank you so much. Your hard work is now my national monument. I I will say, though, that really, I feel like represents the American dream. You get someone else to do all the hard work and then you swoop it and take it. (laughs) Yeah, then you take credit for it. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. America. America, baby. Um, In 1965, reconstruction of all fort structures began. So what you see today are all replicas because I think a lot of them burned down in 1866. You see replicas, but the government worked really hard to make sure that the buildings were in the same spots that they were when it was Fort Vancouver. Okay. Um, In 2012, the barracks, including officers' homes, were transferred to the National Park Service, who then, I believe, sold most of the officers' homes, which is smart. Seek a profit. Make some cashito. They're very nice houses. Um, And so... So now they're like private residences? So one of them is a private residence. The ones I could find um, information on, there was a real estate office. Some people just live there. They're all private residences. And then there's also the Grant Art Center and Cafe. Ooh. Oh, and um, Cafe. Yes. So, you know, they What's on the menu? Obviously, um, beaver smoothies. Mm-hmm. They're raspberry flavored. Hell yeah. <laughs> raspberry and vanilla. Yeah, so, raspberry and vanilla. Raspberry vanilla. Just grind up one beaver. Mm-hmm. It's not super efficient, but it tastes great. Yeah. Yeah. Then you And you use part of that butthole as a straw biodegradable save the turtles it's just you're using all the parts sustainable this is a sustainable business Beaver yeah. straws. what the fuck it gives you that last little bit of vanilla raspberry flavor on the way out as you yeah. pull away just just on the lips Christ. That was pretty far even for me. Oh, God. Um, So unfortunately, people can't really just like go in other than the art cafe 
um, or art center and cafe to visit because these homes are haunted. Oh, or some of them are. So like the area, there are certain areas in the fort and then also the um, homes themselves that are haunted. Okay. So per the book, Weird Washington. Oh, yes. The Grant Cafe, the Grant Cafe, which is the former Grant house um, is haunted by the butthole straws. Yeah. Is haunted by Lieutenant Colonel Alfred Sully, who come uh, commanded the fort from 1874 until his death in 1879. People who have visited the house claim that you can hear footsteps pacing in the upstairs area, much like a man who is thinking about what he's going to do, commanding a fort and all. Oh man, it's gotta all. have man thoughts. Yeah, man thoughts, and how do men express their thoughts? Pacing, murdering beavers. Well, that was an. Maybe not Man thoughts. I wonder what Jesus's balls looked like. Man, Man thoughts. thoughts. <laughs> um, but the maybe the scariest, creepiest story to come out of Grant House is from a phone repairs lady. So this is definitely Ooh. older times when we had landlines. Yeah, when people, people had, had phones. Had phones and had to operate said phones. Um, she was called in to d- repair one of the lines and she was locked into the house could not get out and as she was like struggling with the door she turns and a spirit manifested himself next to her and said i lived here once and i'm just looking around oh shit (laughs) oh nice ghost yeah but he why did you have to lock me in to tell me that why couldn't you just like leave a note (laughs) Uh, france yeah like what what forceful friends <laughs> forceful friends exactly you're gonna be my friend or you can't leave oh my god um another of the officers houses um which today is the real estate office is also haunted though not quite sure by whom um one woman who was cleaning the building after hours and said that there would be cold spots throughout the building um mm-hmm. doors would just open and close on their own very typical ghosty stuff um and she would see like shadows kind of moving when nobody was there. Um, there was also apparently a copy machine that would display a username of Mike after hours and would just print blank pieces of paper. Oh, no. I would no, thank you. I would I would just I would just Mike the copy just so, likes. Maybe he just wanted the paper warm so he could rub his ghost butt all over it. He could yeah. Scoot. Just do a little yeah. scoochy scoot on, yeah. the, on the warm paper. He was a ghost yeah. dog named Mike who just wanted to rub his butthole <laughs> up against something. Yeah. I was like, I don't know why. It'd be, it'd be creepier if it was printing things. True. That, yeah, just like the name Mike over and over again. That <laughs> definitely. But still, creepy. It's just Mike's man thoughts. <laughs> oh, and they're just horrible, horrible yeah. thoughts. A visitor of yet another house, the private residence or one of the private residences, um, said that she felt as though someone was staring at her as she was sitting in the living room area, that the chair across from her was occupied by somebody who was like staring back at her and judging her. And she was uncomfortable. So she turned to her friend who was house sitting and said, this is the weirdest feeling, but I feel like somebody, I feel something over there. And as soon as she said that, her and her friend both heard the sound of a typewriter coming from that spot again judging i am sure they're just sitting there judging writing mike thoughts well this is a different building but still um <laughs> yeah. so they noped out of there pretty quickly maybe that's what mike was trying to do he's trying to warm up paper for his typewriter friend 
Oh, maybe like they're working there in coops. He was warming yeah. up paper. This, this, this here paper's too cold. Yeah. I can't top on this paper. It's far too cold. I shall stuff it into the front of my pants and make it look as though my unit is much larger. Yes, exactly. This is a dual purpose paper warming. One, the paper's warm. Two, my dick looks huge. Huge. And we know that's important in the afterlife. That's what's that. All the ghost women want to look at your bulge. (laughs) (laughs) They love it. They love a big papery bulge big papery bulge they love a in bulge in your gray that, sweatpants they love a bulge that crinkles <laughs> look needs change when you're in the afterlife um the fort itself also has some ghosts outside people have seen um the spirits of ghosts or soldiers patrolling the outer wall by the bastions as if they're on a lookout Okay. Um, inside a few buildings, uh, someone who was investigating, an actual paranormal investigator, uh, noted that toilet seats kept going up and down so that they would be in the women's bathroom. And they came in, they're like, why are the toilet seats up? And they're like, we all have manners. So they put them down because it's in the women's room. They would leave. They come back. All the toilet seats are up again. So men go, wrong bathroom. What is going on? Are be they raising the, like, the seats, the not seat. the lid? Not the lid, the actual seat as if like a dude was taking a piss. Well, that's shitty. Like, yeah, like the lady's going to fall in. You you come in, you go to a restroom expecting the seat to be down. And it's yeah. not down. <clears throat> you fall in, your butt gets all cold from the cold, gross water. <laughs> yeah, listen, Ghost Mike, you have your own bathroom. Yeah, yeah. use that. Or like we can make non, non-gender specific bathrooms. That's fine too. Totally You fine. just gotta, then got to put the seat down. Yes. Well, yeah, but the women's restroom has this nice seating area and these little candy bars. It smells like bo- these beaver buttholes. And, and these candy bar dispensers. <laughs> I like all these women to see my big crinkly crotch. <laughs> uh, Mike, I'm here to show that's, off, that's, ladies. Uh, crinkle cr- that's harassment. Uh, <laughs> it's not welcome. Oh, no, I'm from the 1880s. This is a high-quality courtsmanship. Are you sure that's the one we need to take pictures of? Uh, no, I, well, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's ruin now. Uh, and then they also set up their um, their like recording equipment, and they heard the sounds of voices, coughs, and other sounds from the bathroom, the sealed bathroom, which I can only other sounds from grunting. the bathroom. Those are farts. Farts. Oh yeah, people grunting, pushing one out, <laughs> grunting. grunting. <out> of <laughs> Uh, oh, my Gosh. name is Mike. Uh. <laughs> um, but finally, there's a jail on site as well. And when um, people have had experiences, you know, just overall feelings of yuckiness because people would go there to be imprisoned and then possibly be executed. I get yeah. the vibe. Probably not a might good not time. Be, might be not bad a good vibes. time. Bad vibes. Um, but there was a school group that went and visited and they all got the bad vibes. Um, but then one student heard some voice whisper, this will be the end. <laughs> this won't be the end? Will be the end. Oh, I don't know which is creepier. I don't love this will be the end, to tell you the truth. Like, this won't be the end. That's reassuring. It's like, yeah, this this won't be the end. This jail oh, life is you, not for me. This is very if, positive. If you were like in a place that had a bunch of bad vibes and you were like, I don't like it in here. And then someone was like, this won't be the end. I would be like, okay, these bad vibes are following me home. Oh, yeah. see, no, I'm like, this these will. I'm like, I'm all fucking super bad vibes. Not, not good vibes. Um, but anyway, that is the story of Fort Vancouver in Vancouver, Washington. 
in in America. In America. In America. Vancouver, Not in Canada. America. In the Pacific Northwest. Yes, very much in the Pacific Northwest. Squarely in the midst of it. Delightful. Nice. All right, well, I'll yell at you for a second. We'll come back and we'll have uh, the second half of the show. Hey, everybody, it's me, Mike Creamsman, and when I'm not having man thoughts, I'm listening to the Booze and Brews podcast. Hey, you know what? If a man was born who could grow to be the size of an elephant. Hey, uh, also, you know what you should do is go to that iTunes and then submit a review for the show, because it's a great show, and you should let everybody know how great it is. But if you're not going to do that, just head on over to patreon.com slash booze and brews, where you can see audio episodes, video episodes, and show sketches by the handsome and talented engineer Bob. Hey, let's also remember that they have a social media website presence, and you should go to Twitter. Booze and Brews. Or Instagram. Booze and Brews Podcast. Or Facebook. Booze and Brews. You can talk to them there. Hey, what if an airplane was made entirely of pudding? Man thoughts. Pudding planes, huh? Yeah. That's, That's right. That's planes, planes made of pudding? And it's men like the size could, of elephants. It, it could, you could fly it, but you could also eat it. Hopefully not what at the if same you time. ate it waltzed flying? Yeah. What? <laughs> These are thoughts I have not thought about. These well, are not well thought out man thoughts. They're These just are, thoughts I have. They're just ju- the, it, as it, a man. Hey, you put you put a suffix on it that I did not, or a prefix on it that I did not construct. It's simply a man thought, <laughs> not a well considered man thought. And you will remember, all men are dumb. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, my story doesn't have any dumb men in it. Oh, uh, well, I'm out. was such an well, outlier. What the fuck am I going to do for this show? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so I am going to tell you about Beacon Hill Park. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, which is also in the Pacific Northwest. Well, However, <sighs> Class. this park is in uh, our our hat to the north, Kenyatta. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Actually in Canada, not fake Canada. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, so Beacon Hill Park is 75 hectares. Or 200 acres if you're not in Canada. Nice. Uh, And that is uh, in Victoria in British Columbia. So it's on the island that's off the coast, which is really kind of dips down into America. It's a little bit like it's going to poke. It's going to poke Washington. You know how Victoria looks like on a map. That's where it is. I've seen it. Yeah. You you know Washington has that little little swoopy part out of it. That's because Victoria's trying to do a poke. I'm familiar with maps. Most Americans are not. I've seen a map. And, and poking. You're also... Yeah. Yes. Two things I'm well-versed in, poking and maps. Yeah. So the area was uh, originally settled by several First Nations uh, tribes. Yep. So they all sort of like shared that part of the Vancouver Island area mm-hmm. um, because there was some sort of like cultural slash religious significance to many different tribes of the area. Probably because it's like right on that sound, you know, it's poking towards the other part. Right. It's an island. It's beautiful. It's, it's anyway. It's the Jerusalem of the Pacific Northwest. Sure. Until white people showed up and oh. said, oh, we're Jerusalem. Oh, well, that's less. And now, and now a white lot people A lot there. of loaded terminology and imagery there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in 1858, Sir James Douglas, 
who the hovering of the Wikipedia hyperlink tells me is the father of British Columbia. Oh, (laughs) so he at one point was the governor of British Columbia. But before that, he was the governor of the colony of Vancouver Island. So this is before British Columbia was a whole area because he's the father. He hadn't quite fucked mom British Columbia. Yeah, Yeah. he's he's in the pre-com part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the bachelor of British Columbia. Mm-hmm. He's in, the he's pull-out in the, version of British the Columbia. British Columbia rhythm method. The rhythm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's currently the governor of the colony of Vancouver Island. So obviously, this includes what is currently the city of Victoria. And he said, this is a beautiful piece of land. We should preserve this. And he said it aside as a protected area. So back in the 1850s, he was like, this forest rural pretty. We going to save it. He, this is a Teddy beautiful, Roosevelt of his time. This is a beautiful yeah. forest. I wonder when it's ovulating. <laughs> Man thoughts. <laughs> I, I intend to be the father of British Columbia. I British Columbia. This British Columbia. I'm gonna fuck Victoria and yep. poke Washington. Poke poke. Hell yeah. <laughs> filthy this man is filthy this puget Uh, sound is just the right size for my crinkly (laughs) penis (laughs) so then in 1882 um the city of victoria had been established properly the island of vancouver had been established the area of british columbia had been established so they took that area that had been set aside and preserved and designated it as a municipal park established just means that it had a name because it was already there Yeah. Y- yes. Yeah. I mean, and they had already said they'd already like put caution tape around it and been like, do not build. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. they said, OK, now we're going to put a plaque up that says, hey, Super we decided not build. to build here. Uh, OK. I love it. And of course, all the indigenous people are just like, yeah, we also chose not to build there because it's religiously significant to us. But like, thanks yeah. for thanks yeah. for doing that. Well, no, because then yeah. the white man can turn around and be like, look, I did this. I saved you. Can you I can saved, you take I saved you. your religious land. Can you take the plaque down, though? No. <laughs> we don't like that. We need people to stop no. and See, that, know that's why they're very we specific. saved That's this. a religious spot. Don't it's care. Real, Fuck you. Yes. It's really they, important. So, so literally, this park is called Beacon Hill. And it is named such because there is one kind of big hill in the middle of the park. Clever. And it used to, they used to have navigational beacons on the top of it. Oh. Because like I said, it's the very tip of Vancouver Island. So it's like min- little mini lighthouses to be like, don't, there's land here, don't crash. Right, right. Um, but funny story, not actually a hill. It's probably an indigenous burial mound. Oh, it's a super- So they literally were like... Uh, please don't build there. That's all of our dead great grandparents. And they were like, we made it a park. It's a park. What more do you want? I'm going to put something on top of it. Yeah. People. So fucked up. But that's why it's called Beacon Hill because white people. Well, Beacon Dead People doesn't have the same ring to it. Yeah. Beacon Cemetery. Yeah. I would go there. Well, you would, but would you, regular Joe Schmo go there? Well, good. I think the indigenous people would be happy that a bunch of white people weren't like, you know, going down an elephant slide on great grandmammy, you know? That's true. I suppose. I, I suppose. Uh, anyway, so the park is, it's like a fairly large park. It is right, uh, it's right on the ocean. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. It's popular with uh, the locals. It's also a very popular, like, touristy place to go if you're visiting uh, Victoria. Um, which I have been to Victoria and I was looking through my pictures to be like, have I been to this park? I discovered that I had not. But I also relearned that I went on a beer uh, bike tour 
And I apparently got very drunk because the pictures get progressively blurry as they progress. <laughs> well, and you have no recollection of said brewery bike I remem- tour. I remember going on a beer tasting tour on a bike and remember thinking this is a bad idea. And you know what? Turns out was maybe not yeah. the best. Yeah. At least you didn't fall, but uh, you have... didn't fall to your knowledge. Right. Right. I don't remember falling. <laughs> I had fun. I look real happy in the pictures. Good. That's what's so important. I I, if I went to this park, I did not take pictures there. But Victoria itself is lovely. It's a yeah. gorgeous place. Um, so this park, like I said, is very popular with locals and some tourists. Apparently not me. Right. Um, and it's probably because it has like walking trails that go right by the seaside. Then they go up into the woodland area. They have like a little miniature like water park splash pad area for kids in the summertime. They have a big playground, multiple tennis courts. Um, they have a petting zoo. Ooh. Ooh. Do they have no beavers no they've all been murdered there are no beavers left in the pacific northwest they're all into hats in england they're they're all coovers now (laughs) they're all coovers uh it also has the fourth tallest totem pole in the world not first fourth doesn't even get a fucking medal in the olympics it it was the first when they built it okay doesn't matter now you get no medal no Olympic gold for you. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't medal. Uh, but in case you were wondering, how tall is the tallest? Yes, how the tall fourth tallest totem pole in the world? Yeah, it's 127 feet. That's it. That's still, that's pretty tall though. It it's the fourth tallest in the whole world, and it also has a screaming doppelganger. Oh. Ooh. Okay, so it's like a heavy metal totem pole, which I'm now more into. Sure. Yeah. I don't think the doppelganger and the totem pole are close. I think they're in different parts of the park. Doesn't matter. But maybe they're friends. They have to be friends. Yeah. So this park has actually seen... Oh, I thought you were saying that the doppelganger actually appeared on the totem pole. Oh, no, no, no. It's just they're both in the park. They're both like tourist destinations within the park. Okay. Never mind. You see the totem pole. You get screamed at by a doppelganger. You pet a duck. I mean, sounds like a good day, I guess. Yeah. And make sure you end with the petting zoo because you don't want to be screamed at by a doppelganger before yeah. you leave. Do Maybe. Longer. Or you do. Uh, so unfortunately, in the history of this park, not only the fact that it is literally built on a Native American burial ground. Right. Um, but a lot of people have died in this park. Uh, sadly, it seems like a popular place to unalive yourself Ooh. if you live in the Victoria area. Okay. Um, so lots of people have come and like ended their lives there. Um, some of them are probably ghosts, but there's only one ghost who showed up before the person actually died. Oh, okay. That's the story of the screaming doppelganger. I like it. So in the late 1970s, so, you know. 50 not years that ago. Long ago. Yeah. yeah, I was like, not all that long ago. Um, there was this woman who people used to see in the corner of this park. So it was on the corner, uh, like one of the entrances to the park. It's on the corner of Douglas Street and Southgate. And they would see this woman standing on top of this pile of rocks. And she was just sort of staring out into the park. And she would just stand there for hours. And then she'd and go, people ah! Well, and people were like, that's so weird. Is she like meditating? Is she doing yoga? Like is what is meth? that woman Either doing? Questions. But if you if you walked around so you could see like the front of her face, you would see that her face, her mouth is open as if she's screaming. Oh. But no sound is coming out. Oh. Mm. Um, and that's so this you just woman. Nope out of there. 
And this woman has, um, she's in like a very simple white dress and she has uh, like dark skin and light hair. Okay. Um, and she she's just standing there and like people would come up and be like, are you okay? Did you need help? And she's completely ignores them. She makes, there's no like recognition that there's any other person speaking to her at all. Oh. And I found a couple firsthand accounts who were like, oh yeah, I saw her for like a week straight because I lived overlooking the park. And I was like, I wonder if she needs help. So I eventually went down to like see if she needs help. And I touched her and like she felt like her skin was like buzzing with energy. I got real bad vibes and I wanted to walk away. Ooh, man. If you had told this story to Zach Baggins. Oh, yeah. All he wants to do is touch this woman. Oh, yeah. Inappropriately. But like try to make it where it's like, oh, I slipped and fell and I grabbed your ghost boob. Maybe. I mean, he would have to time travel. It was the late 70s. Well, fine. Yeah. Uh, but like anyway, there's lots of firsthand accounts of seeing this woman standing there always in this particular rock. They never saw her walk up to the rock or leave the rock. It always seemed like she would appear or disappear while you weren't looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are multiple accounts of people like trying to speak to her, walking up to her, physically touching her like she is a physical, tangible person. Oh, she is corporeal. Hey, how's it going? You feel real wiggly and at full of energy, bro. Why, yeah. Why, why is your mouth open all the time? What are you yelling yeah. at? Or like some people would go to help her. So they'd walk close, close enough to be like, that is a person. Yeah. And then just be like, Mm-mm, bad vibes and back away. Uh, and if it then wasn't I found a person, that. What did they think it was? A dog. I, or like, <laughs> or, but just like, the, like woman. it wasn't enough. No one thought it was. People thought it was weird that this woman like just goes and empty screams on this rock all day, every day. I mean, but, look to a normal person. That is a bit weird. Yeah. But no I one was like, oh, day. Oh, it's a ghost. Oh, it's a. They were like, no, that's a person who's this, standing this there. Mentally, d- d- she's having some trubs. She's she, having some trubs. She's having and a Kanye moment there. right now, and she's yeah. deciding to just instead of saying Kim Kardashian <laughs> is taking a hit out on me, just decides to stand in a corner and open yeah. mouth, not scream. That scream. like, uh, what did those uh, Japanese amusement parks say it, at the beginning of COVID? Like, please scream in your hearts, or you know, <laughs> that's what she's doing. She's screaming in her heart. <laughs> Um, so she was there for months in the late 1970s and people were like, oh my God, so weird. And then one day, like she just stopped showing up Oh, and they were like, okay. And people forgot about it. Not a big deal. And then in the summer of 1983, I was, I was just a wee tiny newborn babe. I'm rocking a a wee newborn babe. I see it. It's very Uh, lifelike. you, You, when she first shows up. You aren't born yet. Oh, shit. Oh. Yeah. Shit. I was born. Um, yeah, okay, so, Grandma. So she, <laughs> so uh, in the summer of, uh, of 1983, she shows back up and it, it's immediately recognized by residents of the area because they were like, oh my God, remember that woman used to do that? Yeah. Now there is a different woman doing the same standing thing. in the exact same spot seemingly doing the same fucking thing she had and a daughter like, you know she taught ta- taught the daughter the ways of this the screaming in your heart and now yeah. she is going to you know <laughs> go forth and do the same well and people were like she looks a lot like that other woman mm. to be honest she looks like an exact like a, a mirror image like her skin is very pale and her hair is dark like she looks like oh. someone called it a photo negative of the other woman a doppelganger a doppelganger mm. um so she shows up and again starts standing there and screaming but as people are like 
oh my gosh, it's that woman. She's back, but she looks different now. They're like, she really does look different. And they started to realize like, she is not tangible. She is not corporeal. She is misty. And she will like just dissipate in front of your eyes. And if you try and walk up to her, she just like blows away like a fart in the wind. Oh, man. So she she is definitely not a tangible person. She is a ghost. Oh, see, she died in between the 70s and 80s. Or she's a fartle ganger. She's a fartle ganger. She's a fartle ganger. (laughs) Um, So she and everyone immediately. With the ability to copy your farts. Oh, God. (laughs) I think you would have, uh, you know, much joy in that, but not after last <laughs> night. Someday you fart, and you're like, I farted this fart before. Yeah, I, I feel. I this remember f- this fart. I feel it's, it. In it's my- a deja vu. There we go, baby. <laughs> God. Uh, so anyway, so she starts showing back up again, and then on November fifteenth of nineteen eighty three. They the police are uh, called out because someone has found a badly decomposed female body buried very like barely covered with dirt hidden in some bushes at the foot of these rocks. Oh, which, by the way, is like feet away from one of the main entrances and walking paths of this park. Oh, so this this woman, this dead body has been barely obfuscated Feet away from a major thoroughfare for months. Oh, boy. And I would argue standing on top of a rock and screaming. Oh, yeah. Um, so they f- they find the decomposed body of Donna Mitchell. Oh, poor Donna. So Yeah. So Donna Mitchell is 31 years old. Like I said, she's been lightly covered in dirt and like hidden inside a bush. That bush is at the very base of where these rocks are. Okay. Um And... Uh, police are able to identify her because she was reported as a missing person on June 3rd, which oh. is when the the doppelganger first shows up. Oh. Or when the ghost right. the ghost of the doppelganger the first shows up. shows up. Yes. The fartleganger. Uh, so she was murdered on June 3rd. Uh, they quickly ascertained she was murdered elsewhere and her body was dumped here, so there's not a lot of evidence at the spot, but mm-hmm. this is definitely where her body has been for months. Yeah. Um, and she was reported missing pretty quickly after, uh, by her common law husband Mm -hmm. because, uh, June 3rd was their seven year old daughter, Natasha's birthday party. Oh, oh. Mm. And so when Donna doesn't show up for it, her, her husband is like, hot shit, my wife is missing and like notifies the police. The police like couldn't find her. They eventually find her dead body in November. Um, a lot of the news covering Donna's murder yeah. is not positive. Donna had some troubles. Ugh. She was a recreational drug user. Therefore, a not worthy of, of nice. life, clearly. A lot of articles really push the fact that she also obviously was a prostitute, and that's how and why she wow. was murdered, because she was on the street trying to sell sex. <sighs> She's like, um, I love drugs and hand jobs. Now I don't yeah. get to go to heaven. Um, and she, uh, she's been strangled to death. Oh, Ooh. which is maybe why her ghost doesn't make any noise. Any noise because she's got no voice box. Um, so the police, uh, narrow in on a suspect who the newspapers only called their words, not mine, a transvestite prostitute. Oh hmm. boy. Yes. Which they then in all the articles also continually refer to, I assume her as him. him. Oof. Hmm. A lot of different uh, it was times 39 different time. years ago. 
it was a different time. Um, but so they 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 hone in on this person fairly quickly. And when the police are like, okay, we think we have enough to make an arrest, and they go to make an arrest, and they find uh that suspect's body hanging from the hotel room where they were staying. Oh. And the and the police are like, this is weird. We're not a hundred percent sure how his her words how how he, he she got up there how she got up there they got up we're not there. we're not 100 sure how they got up there or how they managed to hang themselves from this location the police did it but they definitely that person is definitely dead that person was our main suspect then they sort of pivoted because um if if you are a true crime not like me you know that like this area the pacific northwest is at the time being hunted yeah. by the green river killer so yes gary mm. ridgeway is up is is murdering prostitutes uh, sex workers up and down the pacific northwest coast so they they kind of honed in on like maybe it's him yeah. they were like no it's definitely not it's definitely this suspect who is now dead mm-hmm. so it's officially still it's well they've never closed the case because they were never able to prosecute because their suspect is dead but they're fairly certain like they got the person who did it Mm -hmm. they're just not 100 percent sure how How that person person got their end (laughs) yeah um so after the police so in november when the police find the body the screaming ghostal ganger goes away oh never comes Mm. back um, and once the newspapers start printing, like, this is the body that we found, Donna Mitchell, the people who had seen the uh, original doppelganger and then the ghostal ganger are like, oh, yeah, that's her. Like, oh, hey, 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 everybody, that's, that's that lady. Hey, that's that lady that died. Do you and remember the, when yes. she was just standing out there screaming? And she's out there and she's like, but no, yeah, sound, but came no sound came out. So apparently her doppelganger had like foretold years before she was murdered, which is what doppelgangers are supposed to do. They foretell your death. Yeah. So the like some mirror image photo negative version of herself was standing there screaming Mm -hmm. like I'm going to be murdered here. Yeah. Then a couple years later actually actually murdered there and her ghost shows up being like I tried to fucking tell you before my body's right goddamn here. Well, okay, you didn't tell us your name, sister. Like, how am I supposed to save you or possibly, like, prevent your murder if I don't know who the fuck you are? Yeah. But so that is the story of Beacon Hill Park. Nice. And the screaming doppelganger of Donna Mitchell. Nice. That's a spooky story. Yeah. It's pretty spooky. It's pretty, like, it's short. It's not. There's not a lot of there yeah. there, but it's like, that was an actual person that was murdered there. There are a lot of firsthand accounts. Like there are from the 70s, there are police reports of people being yeah. like, there's a woman who stands on these rocks and needs help. Oh, like, wow. There was a tangible person standing there screaming in her heart. He's screaming Short, in her heart. Sweet, <laughs> potent. Yeah. Man. <gasps> Creepy. Creeped me the fuck out. Anyway, that is my Pacific Northwest. Kind of, kind of has a ghost. Kind story. of has a ghost. I, I, you, I think you did the assignment. Um, and I feel like the ghost of Donna Mitchell is probably very cold and could use a nice flannel jacket. Agreed. Uh, agreed. Which great segue into what a segue. What a segue. <laughs> into this beer. As I mentioned, fireside flannel. It is a brown ale. It is from Liftbridge. It has some alcohol content in it. I don't know what. I think it's like five. It's got um, some. It's got some alcohol. It looks. Um, as you were picking up your glass to drink it, it looks almost red. It is. Um, Engineer Bob still has some of his. And it looks like a Newcastle to me. Yeah, 
Yeah. You, you, oh. Even in the even in the the way the 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 head forms. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's malty, so it's a little bit sweet because it's a brown ale, so it's definitely higher in the malt content. Um, mm-hmm. Not too pungent, not too heavy. I don't think it's heavy at all. Um, like you yeah. could sit there and sip on this uh, multiples of these, and and you know be all nice and toasty as if you're sitting by a bonfire drinking your delicious brown ale. Uh, it's it's does, totally a good beer. I have I have zero complaints about it. It's a it's it a good example taste- of the of the variety of the style. Mm-hmm. Tastes good. Nice. Does it taste like a Newcastle? I like a Newcastle. It's uh, similar. It's similar. I think yeah. this might be a little sweeter than a Newcastle. Maybe. It's been okay. a minute since it, I've had, I a haven't Newcastle. had a Newcastle in a long ass time. Um, but from my mouth memory, um, I remember Newcastle's being a little more bitter. Um, but this isn't. This might be a little bit more caramely. Possibly. I don't know. But it's, it's not like burnt at all. Like you definitely no. don't get any burnt flavor or anything. Because sometimes, you know, when it's over roasted, you get that kind of nah. Yeah, or don't, they go overboard with the sugar alcohols. And yeah. then, oh, this is definitely not that. No raisiny, no anything. It's really good balance. I think it's a perfectly good example of a brown ale. I think they did a good does job. It feel good for winter times? Yes. Yeah, 100%. This is a definite winter feel-good beer. Yeah. Nice. Well, hey, hey, here's the part of the show where your old pal Bob gets to pick a winner. Hey, guess what I love? Crinkly dick. What? That's great when you have one you of those. You do love a crinkle You know what else I love? Deja poo. I've pooped this before, and now I can poop I it again. I have pooped this poop before. Hope it was a good one. Also, things I love include fort walls that are made entirely of bo- boobs, butts, and submarine sandwiches. Cop a feel, eat a sandwich. Uh, but if there's one thing I love more than anything, it's a fartle ganger. M- Vanessa, Vanessa wins. Melissa <laughs> did not fartle ganger. No. Good job, friend. <laughs> Oh man, love poop jokes. <laughs> you know, always. I think that's just the it's always uh, a winner. Always here. a winner. Yeah. Speaking of poop jokes, come back next week. Oh yeah, we're gonna have more of them. I'm sure. Yeah, there'll also be booze, and there will be brews. So <laughs> until then, cheers. cheers!